0: Hello, I'm Scott Soschnick.
1: And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the Here Come the Swifties sports business podcast, the Sportacast.
0: Yeah, Mr. Novi Williams, you know that I do not spend my Sundays on the couch watching NFL football. I'm usually in an ice rink. I'm driving home from some cold ice rink. I'm out and about. Uh, but I got to tell you, Sunday night, I, I did tune in to see the Kansas City Chiefs play a little bit. And oh my Lord, like, it was everywhere from the broadcast to, to Twitter, to the news shows, to the highlights. There was zero chance, you know, to, uh, to my wife upstairs saying, hey, Taylor Swift's at the game. And then I had to tell her who Travis Kelsey is and just on and on. I mean, this thing really took off as number one story in sports, number one story in entertainment. Uh, great for our brands, you know, Variety, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter. This, this is the convergence of sports and entertainment at the highest level.
1: That's right, and the NFL's business is is so big. There's few really other big pockets of entertainment that the NFL probably doesn't touch at all. And I think Taylor Swift fans may be one of those. Po- if I'm the NFL, I am thrilled by this. This is a rabid. Oh, this is, this group is just of a, a gift. Young women. The, 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 I'm sure you saw the 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 Twitter accounts that were trying to explain the rules of the NFL of football to uh, to Taylor Swift fans uh, in, in, as fast as they could on uh, on Sunday as everyone was watching it. Um, the Taylor Swift's business is huge. She's doing five billion dollars from this tour that's going around the country right now, which is an insane number. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is probably a corner that the NFL wants to reach and has not really had a lot of success with quite yet. And, and for as long as this relationship lasts, I'm sure anyone who's working with Travis, anyone around the NFL is trying to figure out ways to maximize the value of it while it's happening.
0: Yeah, the NFL tells us that 50% of its fan base is female. Yeah. Now... I mean, you can. What is the right demographic for Swifty? Is that 13 to 24? I'm, I'm, whatever that may be, yeah, I'm guessing it's it not a large segment end. of the 50%. Yeah. It's higher on the other yeah, end. Yeah, I okay. think
1: it probably goes up to 40 or so, is my guess. All
0: yeah. right. But I mean, everywhere on Twitter, you, see, you saw her fans saying, wait, I don't get this. Like, wait a minute. Isn't she an Eagles fan? Right? She came out as an Eagles fan, but she's wearing the Chiefs stuff. She's next to Travis Kelsey's mother in the press box. And the winner here. Taylor Swift is huge. Like she's everywhere. Like you said, she came off the Eras tour. I believe it's going to be in the uh, in the AMC theaters. She'll do like another however many million yep. there. Like Travis Kelsey, he's got the number one podcast. He and his brother, and now he is reaching a whole new mm-hmm. audience. To me, he's a big winner. And anybody that does business with Travis, as you said, is kicking into high gear. How do we make sure, how do we make him the face of our brand at this particular moment? Because who knows how long this will last.
1: And for folks who are not familiar with with Travis, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. He is building kind of slowly off the field a Pat McAfee style personality. He's loud. He's brash. He has the WWE NFL crossover thing in his veins. Uh, my guess is that is that Travis looks at, at Pat McAfee's post-playing career and thinks, I, I want to be a version of that in some capacity. It's been very successful for Pat. Yeah, but
0: I'm not going to wait until I'm done playing. That's I mean, totally. the beauty of today's yeah, athlete. Yeah. I'm no, not going to wait.
1: It's exactly right that his his brother Jason. We we mentioned this with with Mike last week. Has a Amazon documentary that was just made about him. Travis obviously features in that. They're they're a football family. Travis is he's a compelling guy. But you're right. This puts him in a different stratosphere. And 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 he's in two national ad campaigns right now. One with Budweiser. One with Pfizer, I believe, promoting the new the new COVID vaccine. You're gonna see you're seeing them all over. You're gonna see more of it in the next week for sure. I think both those companies are gonna try to get those ads in as many places as possible because of how hot he is. And then one more thing I'll say on on the Taylor Swift side, Scott, it's no secret that the NFL has been trying to get her to play halftime show for, for a few years now. She does not seem to be particularly interested in, but that's how much the NFL, I think, realized that this is a woman whose orbit we want to be involved in. And, and if it's not her playing at halftime, this is a pretty great way, again, to get, to get Taylor Swift involved in the NFL and therefore get her millions and millions of avid fans to also start paying attention.
0: Didn't Taylor have a Pepsi-Coke conflict? Like, Pepsi was sort of the sponsor of the halftime. Didn't she have a Coke conflict, which is why we didn't think it would ever happen? And then Pepsi gave up the halftime. Yeah,
1: it's it's Apple Apple. Yeah.
0: And then it was like, okay, everybody thought, of course, now it's going to be Taylor Swift. And it turned out not to be Taylor Swift. But (laughs) all right, now we have. And by the way, is there anybody who had worse timing than Usher? Announced as the halftime performer (laughs) only to get upstaged. Yes, and I I will say he totally got upstaged by Taylor Swift showing up at the Chiefs game. And if I can delve even further, this is not a political podcast by, by any stretch, but it is sports business. And we're talking about the brands involved with Travis Kelsey trying now to use him as the face. Think about the two you just said. Yeah. Uh, are there any more polarizing things right now? Well, among the more polarizing things, you have Budweiser and the Bad Bud Light com- campaign that you know got panned uh, across. And you, you had, what's his name? Um, Kid Rock shooting the Bud Light cans, you know, <laughs> you have that, and and you're talking about vaccination. Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about issues that really are polarizing that divide the nation in in a you know in a, in, in Missouri, <laughs> and now can Travis Kelsey become the face of these things around the country? Because I would think he appealed to red state voters, you know, a kind of if I may go cliche, lunch pail football player. That seems to be in, in a demo where he may be a good a vehicle for communication. So I just find it not only the who, but the brands that he's associated with right now. And now Taylor Swift, we know where she stands, sort of on yeah, the of political course, spectrum. Yep. I mean, what yep. an interesting mix there.
1: Yeah. The I, 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 don't know, have- I don't know how
0: you utilize them
1: conservative pundits have already grasped on this exact thing right that there is uh there is an irony that that the the two biggest biggest companies seemingly backing backing kelsey right now are are uh, are vaccine and 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 bud light um and you're right it does it does align i think perfectly with what taylor swift is 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 trying to do and and saying um both in public appearances and at her at her concert i i I assume scott and maybe i I could be totally wrong about this but I assume this relationship is probably not going to last very long uh, and and I am very Why curious you to see that you 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 doomsayer um <laughs> yeah. Did I just jinx them? Uh, the, uh, yeah, I just think that a lot of celebrity couples, especially ones that Taylor Swift has been in, uh, have been, ha- have been very short lived. Um, and I do wonder how, what the, what the staying power is. If this is a strike while the iron's hot, if there is a, an, an afterglow that happens for, for him or for her or for the NFL, whatever it is, I, I'm very curious to see kind of what the, what the length is here and and, and how much of this is a one week flash in the pan. It's cool to see her cheering in the box, or how much of this is, is something that is sustainable? Well,
0: I would come at it from the NFL's perspective. This is okay. We got a taste here. We got a sampling of the Taylor Swift mania, uh, sampling our game and reaching those fans. How now, if I'm, even if this Travis Kelsey thing is an ephemeral relationship, let's use big SAT words, uh, how can the NFL maybe keep it going? How do we now, you, can we utilize Taylor? In the future, even if she is not uh, connected to Travis Kelsey in some way, because I'm not sure the Travis, I, I don't know, Travis Kelsey fans, the football fans, Taylor Swift fans, would they buying tickets to the Eras tour? Is, is a song about the breakup going to lead the next tour? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure where it goes, but I know the NFL. Remember when the NFL was in the Fortnite game with the Skins? And, and yep. I said to you, it isn't often. That the NFL is the party that needs the other side more. I thought the NFL needed Fortnite more than Fortnite needed the NFL. Where do we stand here? Who needs who? Does the NFL need Taylor Swift more than Taylor Swift needs the NFL? And once again, I would say, in I w- take away the need, but in the benefit, I yeah, would say n- the need NFL is a strong benefits, word here. <laughs> yeah, that's a, exa- Exactly, I get it. It's a colloquial yeah. need, but I would say. <laughs> that the NFL stands to potentially benefit more from a relationship with Taylor Swift than Taylor Swift does when a relationship was showing up at NFL stadiums on Sunday.
1: I, I 100% agree with that. The, and this is, I think, why we haven't seen Taylor Swift do a halftime show the the NFL does not pay for that it's something it. that the artist yeah. yeah foot's the bill for and for a lot of artists it's extremely valuable and they they benefit a lot from it taylor has clearly thought about that calculation and decided it is not worth it in her world uh, to do that so yeah i've i've always thought scott of of the taylor swift on one end he, huge entertainment platform that the NFL maybe doesn't reach too much the kardashians being another one and i know the NFL has has been working and is going to continue working with the kardashians i think actually usher's Halftime show. I, I believe the Kardashians were involved in both the negotia- negotiation and the announcement there. But yeah, this is a we talk on the show every week, Scott, about this crossover between entertainment and sports, and this is another perfect example of of two mega multi billion dollar p- parts of this ecosystem coming together in a way that catches lightning in a bottle. Expect
0: more of it. We talk about it. Like we had the Variety and Sportico Sports and Entertainment Summit in L.A. And it's it just athletes are so much more cognizant of what they can do, what their celebrity and their platforms allow them to do now, both in just PR and in cold, hard cash, that we're just going to see more of these huge brands coming together. Not, and by the way, not just two like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but it's Kelsey, it, it's the Chiefs, it's the NFL, it's Mahomes. You're going to see if them all get together and, and see what can we all do with the power of, of the brand's. Uh, United. And speaking of Usher, by the way, I was watching him. He did an interview this morning on the CBS morning show. Uh, and he told Gail King, he just one line that was a bit of a throwaway, but he said, you know, I've collaborated with a lot of people. And I'm wondering if we do a little foreshadowing. This. Is this going to be just Usher or is this going to be, oh my God, oh. I can't believe Jay-Z, who by the way, also helps put this together. Oh my God, I can't believe this person or this person. Like we, we may have four, five, six cameos of megastars, with, with him and then people tuning in. I know it's only 15 minutes, but people sticking around to see, oh, who's next?
1: Yeah, B- Bieber would be one, probably the top of that list, I would yeah. think, of people thinking about Usher collaborators that, 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 that people would love to see. Th- th- this is also just the future of the, of the halftime show, right? I can't think of the last halftime show that was just a single act. Right. It, it, it's often multiple acts or it's someone that brings out a lot of other famous people. Beyonce was the was the last one there. But the, the NFL increasingly seems to be trying to do the, these these mega cast versions of uh, five or six acts. Maybe you, you bring in someone that doesn't uh, maybe doesn't love the, the main act, but loves the other act. And there's anticipation, right? Just the anticipation of what Usher you is can going tease to it, do any you want. and who is going to come with him is, is going to draw eyeballs to this event for sure.
0: Yeah, I remember I remember we were watching with friends and I told you at the time that the halftime show is when the living room was full. The only time when people came from downstairs who were doing something else, people came from outside who were doing something else, people came from the kitchen who were doing something else, people came from the living room or stay there. It was the only time where everybody in the house and I came together because everybody wanted to see Beyonce and what the show would be like. So, yeah, uh, well, you know, uh, speaking of TV and big audiences and the NFL... How are those New York Jets going to do with all of those national TV performances? I cannot wait to see how Aaron Rodgers leads them to the promised land. Other networks were loading up on Jets, 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 J-E-T-S. Only, oh man, oh man. Yeah, is, I'm actually starting to feel bad for Zach Wilson.
1: It's a it's a worse position, obviously, than it was after Week One when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. The team held on. They beat a, a fairly good team, and I think the question for a lot of these networks was: Is this defense good enough that they can be competitive and compelling? As long as they were winning forward. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, I think we, we've probably seen the answer to that question uh, that just lost to the Patriots this past weekend. Um, yeah, I, the, the 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 question about are they going to shift, flex, move some games off? Uh, I think we're getting closer to a, a definitive answer here. I can't imagine the Jets stay we're in there. all their windows. I, can't, I cannot imagine, given just no, a, again, no h- how bad things actually look in terms of on-field product and how compelling it is moving forward.
0: But there was a time not long ago where there really wasn't that much flexibility. Like, you know, there really wasn't a, the ability to come and give me new games or whatever. At least that was taken care of. And I think it's obviously promoted by the network side. We're like, we're paying a whole bunch of money. One of the things we need is the ability, because it, it, is, it is impossible to figure out who's going to be a good football team uh, the, the year before. you you just one injury to a key player, as we saw with Aaron, and everything changes. And boy, I, I can't think of anybody uh, or too many folks who would be like, "Yep, yeah, yeah, I really want to uh, see that primetime Jets game," uh, and they're down by you know 20 points in the second quarter.
1: And, and there's a co- there's a cost to flexing, right? It's not as simple as, "Oh, okay, we're gonna move yeah. this game in this game." It, it's bad for fans there are fans that have tickets to games that don't know exactly when they're going to be playing. Uh, same for for networks. It's it's not as easy as just flipping a switch. And I, I believe I was on an NFL call. Uh, two weeks ago when this exact topic came up, Scott, and I believe they said that, that on average they flex one and a half games a year or something like that. So it is fairly infrequent. And I, I agree. I think we're going to see a bit more of the flexing this year as, uh, as they decide who else can we better fit into this slot than the Jets.
0: Speaking of flexing, and not the flexing as in flexibility, but the flexing as in, hey, look at us. We didn't say we were going to talk about this, but as we were just talking about Jets, it popped in my head. Did you see Woody Johnson with Johnny Infantino? Uh, No, are you
1: talking about his his necklace, though? I didn't see the Johnny Infantino, but I saw Woody Johnson. No, 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 this weekend. No,
0: no, Johnny was at the game. He was at MetLife just as the week before. He was in Dallas, Dallas. all while we're we're seeing reports of there's a a rift between SoFi and... And FIFA, in terms of a possible venue for the World Cup in the U.S., all of these stadiums want the World Cup final held there. And uh, I'm really not sure if Johnny Infantino really needs to make the rounds and see, see all these places. But, you know, he, there he is sitting you know with the Joneses at AT&T, MetLife with Woody Johnson. I just found it interesting that Johnny Infantino's making the rounds uh, and everybody's sort of putting their best foot forward to host the, the big game of the World
1: Cup. Realistically, there are three cities that I think have any... Really shot at this at all? It's New York. It's L. A. Do you say D. C. New York? Oh, I, I wouldn't oh, Dallas, say, DC. You say Dallas. Yeah, I would say Dallas just you because really? of the the stadium and, and Jerry Jones and all that. I, really, I would okay. I would expect it would be between New York and L. A. Um, but the the process for this World Cup, I know from people who have been involved, is very frustrating. It took a very long time to narrow down the cities, and, and once they narrow down the cities, they've done a very poor job. They haven't really narrowed down who's getting what and when. Quite yet, it's obviously going to be a huge commercial event, and, and these, the, the, these stadiums and, and teams want to know as soon as possible when they're hosting games, etc. It's going to affect potentially spring training, or not spring training, for for, uh, for NFL teams. It could affect training camp or whatever, whatever they're doing at their stadiums, other tours, summer tours, concerts, uh, European soccer, whatever it is that, that may be happening there. there. There are other downstream effects. I know a lot of these teams and venues and, and cities, right, because a lot of these cities are owners of, of some of these stadiums. Um, they want, they want to know soon. And, and from what I understand, sure. the process has been slower and, and less communicative than originally thought. And I, I think there's some growing frustration there. Um, and there's definitely, Let's, as you said with Johnny, he's making the rounds because it's becoming a, it's becoming a, a lobbying issue at this point, right? It's, it's trying to get the, the people that have some of that say, trying to impress them in a way that gets you what you want.
0: Are these RFPs where they're like, you know, FIFA's like, all right, tell me what's what's your economic model for us playing our game here? You want what percent of gate? You want this or that? Like, we should delve it a little bit into the economics of hosting this one game and what the halo effect is, if at all, uh, down the road.
1: I, it's a good question. I I, I know the the. the that process already happened all of these cities have already gone through the wannabe a host city process i don't know if there's then another process for the i submitted the a yeah, offer yeah. yeah. mr infantino yeah, yeah. I, I don't know exactly <laughs> how, how that works but it's very clear that these teams still feel like there is work to be done in some capacity trying to woo or make themselves look uh like a more attractive place for for the, for the more important games other than just group stage games
0: I could just see Woody Johnson say, "Wait, wait, hold on, Johnny. Wait, come with me to the concourse, level. I want to show you. Look, you see the the chicken strips now are now uh, they're now cooked in canola canola oil, much healthier, much healthier. You should put the game game here and, and yeah, the economics of this one game though, absolutely. And
1: don't look at the turf field because we'll have a very nice grass field yes. uh, on 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 that surface for when uh, for when the World Cup comes. To just town. don't tell
0: the NFLPA. Don't tell the NFLPA. But wink, wink, for that game we will have lovely Bermuda grass." What kind of grass, you know? Oh, you have any idea I, what kind of grass it is? I don't know. Yeah. Let's look back Bermuda. I, don't know either. <laughs> I know they use that. That's the only that's one I can balls. name. I don't
1: know if that's for cleat sports.
0: Speaking of large stadiums, although this one won't well, normally isn't filled, but will be filled and the economics of it, why don't you tell me a little bit about Because you've been talking about this for a while, and, and you guys finally wrote it up. Uh, yeah. Messi going to Chicago. Nor, unlike Atlanta, which has 70,000 folks anyway. So, you know, bringing him is great. It's a good good, good thing, but it really doesn't move the needle all that much. It's going to move the needle in Chicago. It, it is a game changer.
1: Yeah, the, the, there's few teams, maybe no team that will host Messi in the next few years in MLS that stands to gain more financially from that one game than the Chicago Fire. It's a team, as you said, plays in an NFL venue, 62,000-seat uh, soldier Oof. field. They do not draw particularly well. They're averaging, I think, fourteen now fifteen thousand 15,000 in the game. A um, more, a 14, yeah, 000? slightly more. But still, you can do the math there. That leaves 45,000 tickets that they can sell to get to a sellout that they're not typically selling. That's when the
0: producer uses two words to the cameraman,
1: tight <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and and we, um, my colleague Asla and I, uh, spoke with some folks at the Fire recently um, to detail exactly um, exactly what they're doing. And 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 for folks who listen to the show who enjoyed Mark Degrandpre's interview, he's the GM of the Red Bull. We had him on this show, Scott, a couple of weeks ago, talking about what the Red Bull were doing. Um, we went into even more detail on the Fire, but the, the the top line numbers are fascinating. The Fire are projecting around ten million dollars, probably more in ticket sales for this one game that is uh, by far an MLS record for any regular season or playoff game in, in the league's history. Um, and that will be uh, 55 to 60% of all of the tickets that the fire sell all season. So for all of their other home games, they're not going to add up to what they're going to sell just for this one home game against Lionel Messi. Um, and we went into the the pricing strategy, dynamic pricing, how they think about the secondary market and primary, how they're packaging games, the way they are selling suites. They added 200 seats, premium seats, Scott, to the field, essentially, creating seats yep. that are not there for any other fire game that they can then sell for four digits, mostly. Uh, very expensive. Folding, high folding chair at the back of the goal. <laughs> yeah, and they're $5,000 to sit there, Scott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we went into all this. They sold a, a, a sponsorship recently that included the right to be the presenting sponsor for this one game. They're also talking about what to do if Messi does not play. Which became Ugh. an issue in, in Atlanta when he didn't even make the trip, didn't even travel with Inter Miami to to Atlanta. But the the fire are talking about: do we give a discount towards the Inter Miami game next year? They're obviously not going to refund tickets, but all of these. Anybody conversations, who's seen yeah.
0: well, Evan, anyone who's seen the movie uh, History of the World, there's there's a particular scene that that tickles my funny bone and reminds me of pro sports where they take a vote as to whether or not they should use the money to help the poor. Or in language I cannot use here, um, let's just say not attend to the poor, <laughs> and universally the arms come up in the. Uh, let, let us not attend to the poor. Um, I, I'm guessing the the discussion of well, how, what's the give back? To, I mean, it's really not on them. Yeah, you know, if if, if a player on the other team does not play, hey, I, I'm sorry, folks. You know, this once again, I'll bring in the caveat emptor. It is what it is. You're buying on the chance that he's coming, and you want to see him
1: play. One thing I want to highlight that I thought was fascinating from that conversation, the FIRE set aside a number of tickets that they are giving away for free, and the way they're giving them away for free is they're running weekly, free-to-enter sweepstakes. So you sign up for the sweepstakes, and they pick a, a random name, and they give away the tickets. Um, the president of the FIRE, or president of the business operations, said they're adding tens of thousands of new email signups to their database. And those, email those are people yep. that have never bought a FIRE game before, but clearly are at least interested in, in entering their name into the ring to see Lionel Messi, and that is a lead for a potential sale of a ticket down the line. Um, so thinking about all these things is, how do you capture the, 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 the lightning in a bottle that is this one game? One of the things they're doing that I think is very smart is they're, they're running a free-to-enter sweepstakes that, again, is getting a lot of new names, people in the area that the Fire have not interacted with before that they might be able to sell to in the future as well.
0: Not make it part of a two-game package. Got to buy two games to get the. They're, they're doing game. some of
1: the packaging. Um, they mm-hmm. it, the, the balance is actually really interesting because he. One of the things he said, and I think Mark said the same thing about the Red Bull, is that th- this is going to be such a huge commercial thing for them, but you always run the risk of pricing out all of your fans, doing something very different for this one game that suddenly makes your, the ones that you care about the most, the avid Fire fans, make them upset. No. So trying to figure out ways to do right by your season ticket holders, to do right by your fans that maybe don't have the money to buy the, the $9,000 uh, uh, sideline seat, whatever it is, um, trying to strike that balance of maximizing the profit of this one game, making sure that your fans feel happy about the way that you're doing it, and two and three, trying to extend the halo effect through into next year, get people into season tickets, get people into bigger game packages. Uh, That balance, I think, is really interesting.
0: Yep. All right. Also interesting. Last week, we had our Converge event, which Sportico puts on. It sort of highlights the convergence, see what we did there, of sports and technology. Now, for the first time in all the years, Evan, I, I had to miss an event. Uh, you know, my, my focus group of one was committed to the, I think it was the USHL something, something tournament <laughs> in Pittsburgh. I have, I have no idea. Of course. Um, I don't pay attention to, yeah, I don't know the names. Uh, I can tell you, you know, a lot, a of, lot of really good teams there, uh, for those who follow the show and, and, and don't, uh, don't know the results. Uh, the, uh, the mid Fairfield team went to the championship game, heck of a game against Penn's elite. So we're in Pittsburgh playing the Penguins elite. Uh, two to one win in the semifinal Mm. and not, not for nothing uh, referee mistake late in the game. Our guy ripped one from the left side. Uh, It hit the crossbar and bounced out and it sounded, there's a different sound when you hit the bar that's under the net, you know, the one that's underneath, it's more of a doink than the (laughs) dink, you know, Uh, and it sounded like a doink, not a dink. So in the ref to the referees, you know, credit there. uh, I too thought, wait, that must've gone underneath. And the referee said, goal, and uh, we saw the replays afterwards was not a goal. So Penn's people also saw those replays. They were not at all too happy. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see him again this weekend, by the way. So we move on to the championship game against Mount St. Charles, a, uh, a uh, let's just say, blue blood uh, hockey academy in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Mm. Uh, yeah, we uh, went 4-2, to two, d- defeat in the championship. Uh, and I'm not patting him on the back. You know, I say the good and the bad. But I will tell you, a focus group of one played one hell of a game. We were outshot 47 to 17 in it the whole way before finally losing 4-2. So there's the update. I missed Converge. You now have the hockey update. Please give me the update of what your takeaways were from the Converge conference.
1: A really interesting, Scott, set, set of discussions there. No surprise, AI on top of mind for a lot of people, uh, both people who have been using it for a while and, and some really interesting takeaways about how they were and, and how they were doing that effectively. And then people who are now in, in, in the course of the past few months suddenly realizing that, oh, this is something we need to incorporate. How can this revolutionize our business? What are the pitfalls? What, what do we want to make sure we're not doing uh, to, to avoid problems with it? So, so that was a big one. Um, there was a really interesting discussion w- with the folks over at Genius Sports, uh, executives from the NFL as well, about the, the way in which data is changing the way that we think about uh, watching consuming sports. And that's true at the team level in terms of evaluating players. It's true at the business level, doing business operations and, 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 and using data to your advantage. It's true for sports betting. It's true for media companies, everyone in this in in this industry is thinking about ways to collect data better, how to parse it better and how to present it in ways that whoever's using it has a better experience with it. Uh, So so that was one. And then I'll say one other thing. Um, There was a really interesting talk about the way in which leagues specifically are rethinking local media rights. Um, It's something that affects obviously the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. There are executives from all three of those leagues having this conversation. And one of the things that popped up in in this talk is something that, that we talked about last week, Scott, with Mike Tolan, this idea of blending live rights and scripted, non-scripted content, um, I think is going to be a bigger and bigger thing soon. Mike Tolan, if you remember, said that for Slam Ball next year, the live games they're showing on ESPN are going to happen kind of in concert with the docuseries that they filmed all of this year. Um, And I think that we're going to see more and more of that. Is the live rights directly packaged next to... Things like docu-series or even scripted shows that all these leagues are now thinking about. Um, I think we're going to see those two things together more as opposed to I watch my games here and then I catch the documentary on Netflix. I think we're going to see more of those things traveling together to rights holders moving forward.
0: All right. And our next event, by the way, October 11th in New York City, our Invest in Sports, one of our signature events. How do you like this for a line? And I'm not. I can't go through everybody, <laughs> but, uh, but we will have. Hal Steinbrenner, Randy Levine, we will have Steve Cohen, David Blitzer, Jerry Cardinal, uh, Jimmy Haslam, John Ledecky, Ted Leonsis is going to have a nice discussion with George Pine about institutional capital in sports. We'll have panels on banking, private equity, women's sports, athletes as investors. I mean, pretty damn good.
1: Love that, Scott.
0: Love it. Looking forward to it. All right, close the show, my friends. All
1: righty. He is Scott Soschnick on Twitter at Soschnick. I am Eben Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Thank you very much to Aaron. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sporticast, which is the hub of the Sportico media network.